everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, and back with us today is Mike Taglier, who's obviously still dealing with mono. Tags, you are a trooper, man. <laughs> I'm trying, Bobby. I, I, I miss the show. I mean, I, this is something I look forward to like three times a week, and I, I want to be on the show if I can. Uh, and even today, like before we popped on, I, I know that like this started acting up and it's like I can I cannot control it. But I really I do want to say thank you to you. I want to say thank you to all the listeners who have reached out to me and uh, wish me the best in, in dealing with this because uh, I want it to go away sooner rather than later. But uh, I'm definitely happy to be back, man. Yeah, it's our pleasure to have you here, man. And uh, we have the best listeners in the world. Like I saw so many well wishes directed your way. And that's just mm-hmm. beautiful. So this weekend, Tags, I was at the grocery store with my boys and I discovered it's pomegranate season. Tags, you don't know how big this is for me, man. It's total game changer. My advice is going to be better. I'm going to be more handsome. I'll probably <laughs> learn to speak a new language next week. Pomegranates are my number one favorite food, and they're superfood. <laughs> I wish I had a superfood. I, I don't think I do, honestly. The foods that Pizza. I like. Yeah, I was about to say the foods that I like <laughs> end up dragging me down. They, they make me feel worse uh, the day after. So I really don't have a superfood. It's more like I need to drink more water. That's what it basically comes down yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Uh, so we've got a waiver wire show for you all. But first, I want to remind you about the giveaway we have going on right now with fathead.com. I'm sure you all have seen these huge wall decals that are just perfect for your cave. They've got helmets, logos, players, and even custom fat heads that you can use with your kids playing sports. You can get a $100 gift card to fathead.com if your name is drawn from our contest. And to enter, just review and subscribe us on iTunes, then take a screenshot and send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. We've got a promo code for you all too. You get 10% off if you use the promo code fantasypros at fathead.com. That's all one word, fantasypros. Okay, Tag. So uh, first, there really weren't many injuries this week, but the one injury that did happen, I guess Jordan Reed, but that's kind of a week-to-week thing. Yeah. So the one injury that did happen, Zach Miller, man, this is serious. He almost lost his leg. Yeah, they did emergency surgery. They uh, they brought him to a hospital in New Orleans because they realized that uh, his artery was basically, blood wasn't getting through to his leg and he almost lost his leg. But apparently I read just before we got on the air that they used uh, a part of his artery from his healthy leg. So they took something away from his other leg in order to implant into his left to make it work. And whatever the case they did, uh, that's the magic of medicine. And uh, I'm just happy to, I'm happy for Zach Miller, the human being. Like, forget about football. And the family, yeah. Yeah, forget about football for a moment. And the fact like you just want you just want the guy to go on to be able to go on with his life not this has nothing to do with fantasy football just the person uh and on top of that the call was garbage he should have had a touchdown like oh that's the worst call i have ever seen in any sport no hyperbole like if you guys haven't seen it I was going to say watch the replay but don't watch the replay i mean he hurt his leg so bad but he caught the ball it was a very clear catch he had it for a couple seconds and because he like let go of it to grab his leg they were like oh it's not a touchdown yeah, it was such garbage. And the Bears had a chance to win that game. I mean, that's the thing. They had a chance to win it later. They didn't deserve to win that game. But in the end, it's just it stinks because it would have been nice for him to at least maybe as a career ender um, to go out with a touchdown because we don't know if he's going to be able to return from this. It's a, it, He's it's 33, tough. man. I don't think it's probably going to happen. It's like a two year recovery. Probably. I heard that they uh, when they got on the field, they knew what was happening. And they probably saved his leg by intervening right right when they got on the field. Yeah, it's it's really impressive what they did there. But uh, kudos to the medical teams there. But yeah, it was it was a really weird weekend of football, Bobby. Like, like it just kind of felt like my 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 body does. It was just very messy. It was uh, yeah. It was there was a bunch of rain. It was sloppy. Jameis Winston turned back into the quarterback that we we knew uh, before. It was Thirty mile per hour winds, man. Like. 
Ugh. Virtually anybody would do that. The thing is, you just have to calm down a little bit when there's 30 mile per hour winds and stop trying to throw it into triple coverage. I got a lot of hate for this on Twitter from Bucks fans saying, oh man, you're wrong. I, I said the Panthers were going to have a great uh, defensive game against Winston because he was going to throw all these picks and <laughs> he just wasn't very good because of the wind. And you, you got to change the type of quarterback you are. I don't think Winston can really do that. Yeah, no, it, it, opposite of that game, though, one of the games that was really fun to watch was Seattle and Houston. I got to see like 90% of that game. I was actually watching it. My grandpa was about to fly back home to Arizona. So he actually came over and sat on the couch and just watched that game cool. with me. So it was it was really fun, but it was it was insane watching Will Fuller uh, score touchdowns and, <laughs> and watch DeAndre Hopkins go for over 200 yards. Deshaun Watson, I, there's not much I can say here. He's, he's uh, a much better quarterback than I ever anticipated that he was going to be I have to give props this is like uncharted territory that he's gone like he only threw I think it was 30 passes against the Seahawks he has still yet to throw more than 34 passes in a game this year but he's throwing touchdowns at a record pace and it's it's pretty remarkable and then this week Bobby he gets the Colts so I <laughs> I don't know how high you can actually project a quarterback but I think we have can to he be him. the quarterback one this week like would you put him ahead of everybody else I'm pretty sure he's going to be my QB one this week the Colts have uh, okay they have a lot more big plays than any other team in the NFL Watson's shown the the yeah. willingness to chuck it down the field to either Hopkins or Fuller there's just there's no answer for them and I don't know. I'm just taken back by the whole entire offense. Like I didn't like Hopkins coming into the year too much just because I didn't expect a rookie quarterback to come in and do what Watson's doing, but Hopkins talents there and it's, it's just showing up on the numbers now too. So that was a really, really fun game to watch. Yeah. I loved Hopkins going into the year. In fact, this week I was the highest expert on Hopkins. I had him as a top three wide receiver against Seattle. Now, of course that's uh, offset by me being the lowest expert on Will Fuller this week. <laughs> What is going on with him? Like, what's the over under on his touchdowns for the rest of the year? I actually Three? said, I, well, I talked to someone like someone was saying, well, what do you feel about Fuller now? Like, do you like are you buying in yet? And no, it's because, you know, like regression happens, right? It's it's not it's not directed at Will Fuller it has nothing to do. If it was Julio Jones, if it was Antonio Brown, I would say regression is coming. He's only he scored seven touchdowns on 22 targets. It's quite ridiculous. Um, that would be like Antonio Brown being on pace for 60 touchdowns this year. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. If I were, I told someone, I said, if I were able to, if I had to bet on for the rest of the year, how many touchdowns, I would bet the under for five touchdowns in the rest of the year. There's just no way yeah. that you could project him to continue to score touchdowns at this pace. Yeah. Now, what about Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, everyone was excited about him. He was in the top 30 in rankings, which is basically a must start in every single league, even 10 team leagues. He went seven for 193 and a touchdown. You've been hyping this kid. He's good, man. He looked really good. This isn't like an Ed Dixon 175 and a touchdown thing. This was a quality NFL wide receiver, someone who's going to be around for years to come. Yeah, it was weird because going back to like the preseason, I remember having Matt Harmon on the podcast. I don't know if you were if you were there for that episode or not, but um, I, I told him that I like Juju Smith-Schuster coming out of, out of school, and the landing spot was a little rough because we thought Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant in front of him on the depth chart, and it might take some time, but I was a huge Juju fan, and I was looked at as someone, I was like one of the, the highest on Juju. Now, granted, did I see him going and going off for 193 yards and touchdown? in you know in week eight no I I, I didn't see that but uh, <laughs> I think I think last week Bobby in our must start segment I said that if Juju was cleared of his concussion that he would have been yes, my must did. start and then but after that I followed up with Doxson I I'm pretty sure that's who I followed it up with and I know he scored a touchdown but it was a pretty weak game overall for Josh Doxson so I'm yeah just, he had one yard he 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 did have an entire yard <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, which is more than Terrell Pryor, I guess. So uh, yes, that's always yes. good. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Juju is uh, he's he seems like a very fun individual, too. He's having fun while he's out there. Um, Gotta love him. Yeah, definitely do. But I wanted to get your take on this, Bobby. T.Y. Hilton. The news came out yesterday that T.Y. Hilton is apparently able to be bought. Uh, that the Colts are willing to shop him to teams that want to look into it. And this is a big story. This is a big story because I don't understand it. Like he's under contract now through 2020. It's not like he's becoming a free agent next year. They know they're going nowhere this year and they're just looking to get a contract off the books, get something for him. But no, this is a this is a wide receiver who was supposed to be the number one for Andrew Luck for a while. Dante Moncrief is a free agent after this season. I just don't know what the Colts are doing here with, with T.Y. Maybe Hilton. they're going to trade Andrew Luck this offseason. Maybe that's what it's telling us. No, they're not trading Andrew Luck. That that franchise, like the fans, think about how much they could get. They could get like five first round picks. I I cannot see any. What are they What are they going to do with him next year? Go eight and eight again with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Like, take advantage of it and sell him for three entire drafts well that's the thing though is like what you're trying to find in those three entire drafts is you're trying to find a franchise quarterback when you have a franchise quarterback you do not trade him like that that should never ever happen because it's the hardest thing in the world to do you look at all these teams you know trying to draft quarterbacks in the first second rounds if it was so easy like everybody would have Tom Brady on their team it's not it's hard to find these quarterbacks and Andrew Luck is going to be a cult for life (laughs) unless something goes horribly wrong with his shoulder uh, from when he returns I I just don't see any possible way that I even me as a franchise and I try and think outside the box there is not a chance in heck that I would trade Andrew Luck away you'd you'd get fired immediately you can't really (laughs) do it but um, yeah I I have two other wide receivers I want to ask you about number one Jamison Crowder looks like he might be back nine receptions 123 yards I mean we know he's been dealing with something we don't know exactly what but he looked really good and then the other one you might not like this one so much Calvin Johnson, people are talking about trying to trade for his rights. I don't see any way that Calvin Johnson comes back, but it, it's now, it's like even Yahoo today had to come forward and address it and say, we're going to put Calvin Johnson back in the player pool um, just, wow. just in case something does happen. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's there's sometimes fire. And uh, I guess it's possible, but it's kind of like Josh Gordon to me, where I'm not buying into it. Uh, I would rather let someone else take that. And the number one team- Like, would you rather have him than Brandon LaFell? Oh, yeah. If it came down to that, would you? Re- yeah, I'd rather take a flyer on Calvin Johnson. But I wouldn't own either of them, to be honest with you. I would rather yeah. own like a high upside backup running back than any of them. Um, I, and the rumors that we're hearing is him going to I the think Eagles. I'd rather have Johnson than James Conner. James Conner is my favorite backup running back who's available in every league. So I think this week I'll be picking up Calvin Johnson in maybe 50% of my leagues just as a flyer. Probably not going to happen. I'd say even 90, 95% chance it doesn't happen. Yeah, no, I don't I don't see it happening. But the number one team that he's been like rumored to is the Eagles and that don't that doesn't make any sense to me. Like they I feel like they have enough at wide receiver that they don't need to go out and get him like trying to win a Super Bowl, man. You can, you don't have enough if you have Calvin Johnson available. If to you're you. talking about the Chiefs, that would make sense. Like give Alex Smith a, a big red zone target, that would make more sense. But I mean, you signed Alshon Jeffrey to a one-year deal. You signed Torrey Smith who is losing snaps now to Mac Hollins. You have Nelson Aguilar who stepped up. You have Zach Ertz as a receiver. I mean, the the loss of Jason Peters is bigger than people realize. That's that's a massive blow to that team, but yeah, I'm not. I mean, like if Calvin Johnson's out there, I'd rather let someone else pick him up. Who would you rather have Calvin Johnson, Josh Gordon or nobody? <laughs> nobody. Like, seriously, okay. I would I would rather own a back. Like, there's a lot of different backup running backs. I think James Conner, you hit the nail on the head with that one. I'd rather own Charkandrick West in case something happened yeah. to Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, Sigmund Bloom brought it up and talking about he'd rather have Malcolm Brown, like the backup to Todd. That was Gurley. a good call. 
And it's the thing is like I, I talked about it on his show where basically what you look for in a backup running back at this point in the year, like let's say you're past your bye week issues and you're just looking to, tra- to trap upside on your bench. Go through and look at the top scoring offenses in the NFL. Find the running back who's the backup to the starter there and, and roster him, especially if we know he's going to walk into a starting role uh, like, you know, maybe like like Malcolm Brown. So it's uh, it's a conversation to be had. But as for Jamison Crowder, OK, he's a guy that. We, we've been talking about and saying, you know, he has to be hurt because he just doesn't look like the same. He hasn't had the same burst. He finally put together a game. I mean, coming into this game, he had 149 yards on the season. There were 85 wide receivers and 21 running backs who had more yardage than him, including Jalen Richard uh, of the Raiders. Uh, so, you know, if you if you wanted to play Jamison Crowder this week, good for you. Like, I, I don't see how anybody could have made the case to start Jamison Crowder. But at least now that we've seen him perform, even on a sloppy field in that game against Dallas, I, I'm intrigued going forward, especially with the matchup that they have in week nine. I'm sure we'll talk about that soon. Yeah. So, Tags, let's go waiver wire here. And I think there's two clear cut top pickups. First of all, let's say this is a horrible week. I'm talking like even worse than last week. And last week was a horrible week. I see two guys I'd spend 15 to 20 on and nobody else had spent even a dollar on not not even one dollar on the number three guy. Yeah, it's quite ugly. Um, I you know, I talked about it in the Sunday morning show. Corey Davis, <laughs> I'm guessing he's probably the one of the guys in your list because he yeah, pop- he's my number two. Is he your number one? Oh, he's easy. My number one, like he's the type, like he, the, the thing is, I don't, I still am, am puzzled. And I said it on my live show on Sunday that I did that if Corey Davis was out there before the game started, I said to Adam right now, because it, there's really no reason he should be on waiver wires. He's a guy, I, I don't, I'd be willing to spend the rest of my budget. You're not going to find a wide receiver like him on the, on the waiver wire for the rest of the season. It's just not, gonna I mean, happen. if if he wasn't picked up last week though, like why would he be so expensive this week? And that's why nothing's you, changed. Yeah, you made a good point. And that's the thing is like if he's still on your waiver wire, that means nobody has really put forth the effort to get him. So you don't have to spend it all. But I'm just saying that's like how far I'm willing to go to get Corey Davis. So whatever you think you have to spend, maybe spend an extra five bucks just to make sure you land him on your team. I think that's fair. I would even be interested in letting somebody sign Corey Davis for cheap so they don't think he's worth that much, like whatever he goes for, and then just trade for him because you're going to get a great value for him. And then you, you know, still have that extra fab left over. Um, That's something I've tried to do in one of my leagues and it worked out extremely well. Um, Well, it didn't work. I didn't do it on purpose where... You know, I didn't bid on him, but I just forgot to bid on him because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in too many leagues. Yep. Uh, my number one guy this week, though, is Alex Collins. And those are going to be the number one and two on almost every single list. If they're not, I don't know what those experts are thinking, to be honest. But Alex Collins, again, 113 yards. He got two receptions this time. He went for 143 total yards, guys. Uh, they, they bumped him up to 18 carries against Miami. That's a good run defense. And he is getting it done. Week in and week out. I know he didn't do it against Minnesota, but I mean, it's Minnesota's run defense. Yeah, Alex Collins, he's someone that it took me some time to come around on, but I have. Uh, With that being said, I don't think he'll help you this week. It's not a week where I'd want to start him. Uh, Even with bye weeks here, it's just not. The reason I say that is because he's only caught two passes uh, this entire season. Like, that's not going to get it done uh, in today's NFL if you fall behind in a game. 
And the Ravens are not a team that's going to be, you know, in clock killing mode for a whole lot of time like they were against the Dolphins, you know, on Thursday Night Football. This week, they're going to actually be headed out to Tennessee to play the Titans, a team that's coming off their bye week. And as bad as the Titans have kind of played this year, their run defense is still top notch. It's good. Over the last two years, they've been a top six defense against fantasy running backs. And this year, they've only allowed 3.4 yards per carry. They've only allowed two rushing touchdowns on the year, despite playing some good running backs. Uh, So... This is not a week to get excited about Alex Collins. So, you know, if you want to play the 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 method that you kind of were with Corey Davis is let someone else grab him if he's still out there. Let them be disappointed this week against the Titans and then go out and trade. Maybe they even drop him. It's possible. It's very possible because, I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that we see Alex Collins have a, a 12 carry 35 yard game against the Titans. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. that's crazy at all. You know, and I don't think you're going to have to spend a ton on him. I think 20 bucks will get Collins because he doesn't have a touchdown this year. I don't think people have realized just how good he's been. It's amazing to me that the Seahawks decided Eddie Lacy over Alex Collins. Uh, l- let me ask you this, Tags. <laughs> What's the difference between Alex Collins and Jordan Howard? They're both on bad offenses. They're both really good at running the football. They can't catch. They both got a little bit of fumble problems. What's the difference? Um, better offensive line in Chicago. Uh, I would say that with Jordan Howard. I think Jordan Howard's a better running back than Alex Collins, but it's not. It's not like a biggest gap. I'm not going to sit here and say it is because I think Jordan Howard. I had this. I had, I got into an argument actually with my friends this weekend through a group text message, uh, talking about Jordan Howard and, and whether or not he is a foundation running back uh, for an NFL team. You know, for the at this point in the NFL, me, I just feel like he's a timeshare running back. He's a one-two down back. He dropped another pass, a vital pass, uh, in the fourth quarter against the Saints. Uh, and Alex Collins is kind of like that same way. It's like where he has to be involved in a timeshare. If you get someone like a Danny Woodhead, who's due back pretty soon, uh, alongside of him or a Buck Allen, you know, who has been there and he's just been whatever. Uh, I think he's fine. Uh, the, the Ravens offensive line has lost, uh, at least two key parts to it, including their best offensive lineman, uh, Marshall Yonda. They lost him in like week three. So the fact that Alex Collins is doing this behind a bad offensive line in a bad offense is, is really it's significant and that's why I've come around on him. Uh, but it's just how much can you like a, a running back on a bad team where he doesn't do any work in the passing game? It's yeah, it, it's just really difficult. And one same one th- exact situation as Jordan Howard last year on a bad team doesn't do any work in the passing game. Jordan Howard was drafted in the end of first rounds. Yeah. And Jordan Howard, that's another thing is he's getting 20 plus carries a game under Trubisky. Like that's they're true. To, yeah. They're trying to just run the ball. Uh, they have zero receiving options there. It's just a mess in Chicago. Um, but one player, Bobby, I'm really torn on in is a player. I have number four in my running back rankings for the waiver wire this week. So I have Alex Collins. My number two, I have Chris Ivory. Number three, DeAndre Washington. And number four is Rex Burkhead. And the reason I want to talk about really? him is huh. the reason I want to talk about him is because because he played the second most snaps of the running backs th- uh, this week for New England. He's obviously getting healthier. They went out and got him via free agency. But how can you really ever plug in a, a Patriots running back and feel confident about it? No. That's my question. No, I don't think you can anymore. And that's the thing is like if Deion Lewis is seeing escalating carries every single week, if James White is basically a slot receiver, where does Rex Burkhead fit in? He's a uh, well, here's the thing is he's not even a matchup guy. Like, it's not based on what matchup they have on whether he's going to go off. It's whatever Belichick happens to game plan any single week. Like, I I can't see any week where I would say, yeah, Rex Burkhead is a top 25 player. Right. That's exactly my point. That's my problem right now is I, I... That's why I can't put him any higher than number four, where I'd rather just have strict handcuffs than him because I just don't ever feel, I don't know if I'd ever feel confident playing him. Among people uh, in terms of floor 
on this uh, on this list. I'd rather have Marquise Lee and Corey Davis. That's it. Um, Rex Burkhead has a pretty good floor, I think. But in terms of ceiling, 15, 20 other guys I'd rather have than Rex Burkhead, right? So I have Rex Burkhead number 14 this week. He's really not even on my radar. If he's available in my league, the only reason I'm picking someone up is if I have no running backs this week because of buys. Yeah. So basically what we have, yeah, he's number 11 on my overall list. He's number four in my running backs. And that's the thing. So Bobby and I work off of a list that is put together of, of players who are, it's seemingly they're under, you know, basically like 35% owned where we just go through and we have this list that we work off of. So my number one receiver behind Corey Davis is to, is Marquise Lee. Me too. Uh, even, even though the matchup this week is not great against the Bengals. Uh, so I don't, I don't feel great about him, but he has put together a couple good games. So he'll still get seven targets for 40, 50 yards. He has to, right? Only other person you can really say that about is probably Robert Woods. (laughs) Robert Woods. What about, what about Paul Richardson? How do we feel about him compared to Marquise Lee? Um, He has more upside in a game to game basis in terms of, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes with more fantasy points this season than Marquise Lee just because he's going to have those three, four games in the season where he catches a 50-yard touchdown. Um, but he's going to bust more than half the time. Marquise Lee is going to bust maybe once all season because that's what Marquise Lee is uh, to this Jaguars offense. Um, so I'd rather have Marquise Lee. I have Paul Richardson down at number nine, wide receiver number seven, below some of the high upside guys, uh, uh, D.D. Westbrook and Demarcus Robinson, who we've talked about extensively last week. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's the thing is like Marquise Lee, I feel like he's like the safe floor guy, like where it's like yeah. you can through bye weeks, you could just plug him into your lineup and hope for the best. Again, against the Bengals, it's not a great matchup because they do have some solid uh, perimeter cornerbacks there. It's probably going to be a lower scoring game, a lot of running uh, between the Bengals and the Jaguars, whereas Richardson, it's really interesting p- because I started looking through numbers for this week and Russell Wilson is on pace for 590 pass attempts. That would be uh, 44 more attempts than his previous career high that he set. So the fact that this team is not running the ball very well, you're starting to see more and more targets to be spread around, which is why I think you're seeing Tyler Lockett take a step forward. You're seeing Paul Richardson have what should have been a three touchdown game. He actually did catch three touchdowns. Um, It's just the one was called the final one was called back uh, due to I want to say it was a holding call. Uh, on the line of scrimmage. So it um it could have been an even bigger day for him, but him being involved in a high like a high high volume <laughs> seemingly high volume offense, high scoring offense, I'm leaning about putting Richardson over Lee because I just feel like he's out there for the most snaps. He's actually playing more snaps than Doug Baldwin. So he's on the field for basically every play. Tyler Lockett doesn't appear to be the same receiver that he once was. Uh and Richardson seems to be the red zone guy. Tags, I want to I want to go back to Corey Davis really quick and ask you, like, how much do you value him for the rest of the season? Would you rather have him than Kelvin Benjamin, than uh, Sterling Shepard, John Brown? Uh, John Brown, yes. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Corey Davis are right next to each other. I just okay. pulled through my rest of season rankings. I have Corey Davis at number 30, um, right in front of Will Fuller and Pierre Garçon, Jeremy Macklin. Like, that's the range the, of the player. Like, so if you understand how I feel about Corey Davis, you like, here's my thing. So Kelvin Benjamin, you mentioned him. Yeah, imagine if he was on your waiver wire right now. Yeah, and here, here's my question. Kelvin Benjamin. If you have him right now, Bobby, this is this is not really waiver wire, but this is a real question you need to ask yourself about the players that are on your fantasy team. And Calvin Benjamin had a matchup this week against a Tampa Bay defense that was out without their top two cornerbacks. Like this is a bad defense to begin with. On top of that, missing their top two corners. He walked out of that game with 33 yards and a touchdown. 
it was a it was a yes it was a little bit of a messy game but Kelvin yeah, there's Benjamin a tropical is, storm going on man but he's but the thing is is like how confident are you putting Kelvin Benjamin in your lineup every single week 10 points 11 points 9 points 6 points 9 points I'm pretty confident. That's consistent, man. I don't know. I just feel like Cam Newton's inconsistencies as a passer, like Devin Funches still leads that team in targets and he's not doing anything in fantasy because Cam Newton is just, he's so wildly inefficient as a quarterback. And it's just like, how much can I trust him? Especially when he's checking down to Christian McCaffrey 20 times a game. Um, It's just become really messy. But Corey Davis, again, he's only played one game, one full game with Marcus Mariota, 10 targets in that game. He caught six passes for 69 yards. And I went through and looked at it. In any other game, there's only one wide receiver for the Titans all year who has caught the ball more than six times, and that was Eric Decker in one week where he had seven catches for 88 yards against the Colts. So they've really been missing that volume receiver. You've seen the Titans struggle. They didn't even throw a touchdown against the Browns. Uh, Delaney Walker is dinged up. He hasn't played like himself this year. Again, Eric Decker still hasn't scored a touchdown. Doesn't look right. Rashard Matthews is a complimentary guy. I think Corey Davis is legitimately an eight target a game type wide receiver. And to see that on the waiver wire is extremely hard to find. However, Sterling Shepard, I have slightly ahead of him because Shepard, he's been in the league. He is Eli Manning's number one target there. That's that's like indisputable. Like Sterling Shepard, I have as my number 26 wide receiver on the rest of the year. Yeah, he's like more of the number one there for the Giants than Antonio Brown is for the Steelers because they just have absolutely nothing else. Also with with Corey Davis, it's like it's not like rookie wide receivers can't compete in this league. We've seen Odell Beckham do it. Mike Evans do it. He Mm -hmm. was drafted higher than both those guys. You know what I mean? Like Corey Mm -hmm. Davis was drafted to be a superstar from day one. And I think that's what the Titans plan on him being. So we'll see. I think his ceiling is that of a wide receiver one for fantasy football playoff time, and you just don't get that. By the way, Alex Collins, I wanted to mention the schedule going into the fantasy football playoffs. This might be my favorite part about him, Tex. At Pittsburgh, not a very good run defense. At Cleveland, and then against the Colts in the championship game. So uh, I'm digging that big time. Well, the thing is, the Cleveland Browns, like most people have overlooked this, and I I think we you and I talked about it last week. Did you know that the Browns, even after this week, and it it continued, the trend just continues. People want to play people against the Browns, but the Browns have allowed just 2.9 yards per carry on the season uh, with three rushing touchdowns. And it's so weird. It's just they're allowing a whole lot through the air. They're not allowing a lot on the ground. Uh, Latavius Murray and uh, Jarek McKinnon were kind of shut down. I know McKinnon did some work through the air. McKinnon had like 120 total yards. He's great. Yeah. And that's the thing is like you attack Cleveland with your pass catching running backs. That's like basically the key to success against them. You just do it over and over. And if Alex Collins isn't catching any passes, that's a little concerning to me. I I understand what you mean and why you'd want to think that. But the Browns, unless they start slipping, they've been really, really good against the run this year. 2.9 yards per carry. But like, why would the Ravens not run it? 30 times in that game when they're up two touchdowns. Well, I guess if they do, then why would they run it with Collins, who's a fumble threat? <laughs> he hasn't fumbled since the second time. I think it was just two times that he yeah, did. He might have uh, got but, the clue. Yeah, but Harbaugh did come out this week, uh, or uh, I want to say it was maybe earlier today, saying that Collins deserves a bigger role going forward. And I've, I've bought into that too, because they, they don't want Buck Allen to play, guys. Like, There's a reason that Buck Allen didn't play at all in 2016. They're looking for reasons not to play him. And on top of that, understand that Danny 
Woodhead is uh, he's apparently close to returning to practice. They have their buy in week 10. Uh, so he could be returning in week 11, which means your Buck Allen shares, if you own any, you might want to look to sell them. Agree. Definitely agree there. Um, so tags, I still haven't given my wide receiver number two, and I'm going to in just a minute. But before we move on, let's take a moment for a word from today's sponsor, Lisa.com. So I've been telling you about this mattress that I got from Lisa.com. Tags, you'd think I was the one with mono because Saturday night I was putting my two-year-old to sleep. He and his brother were rowdy. So I took him to my room to get them to calm down. Fell asleep at eight o'clock reading to him on the bed with the lights on. I slept for 11 hours. I can't remember the last time I did that. Seriously, this bed is so comfortable. And if you ask anyone who's ever tried a Lisa mattress, they'll tell you the same thing. Lisa was the fastest growing e-realtor in 2015 because everyone found out how comfortable this mattress was, told all their friends and family. You can try it for yourself because they offer everyone 100 nights risk-free and with free shipping. We've got a promo code for you if you do. If you want to save $100 off your order, just go to lisa.com slash fantasy pros. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash fantasy pros for a hundred dollars off your mattress order yeah bobby i don't know if it's just a coincidence but uh this mono tied into the mattress because i did get my only some mattress and um i'm a t- i'm that type of guy that typically sleeps like six to seven hours like in season i don't require much sleep I'm, I'm pretty much a morning person i get up i start going about my work it's how it happens but i don't know if it's a combination of the mono or if it's the mattress but i've been sleeping i'm not kidding when i say 12 hours with this sickness so um <laughs> maybe i have them to maybe thank you're for my faking the mono maybe the bed's just so comfortable that like you were just I got to get more sleep so I'm just going to say I have mono I'm not even going to lie I I am looking forward to once we're done with the podcast I am legitimately going to pass out because I am it's like it's certain times of the day it's just everything just shuts down I am going to pass out after the show I'm going to eat a pomegranate so we're both going to be happy Awesome. So my number two wide receiver tags is uh, is Robbie Anderson. Like I know it's not sexy, but third straight week he led the Jets in targets. He got 16 fantasy points, six for 104. He got a touchdown. They even ran the ball with him once. So I think Robbie Anderson's just a safe play right now. Seven, nine, 16 fantasy points in the last three weeks. He's not a world beater, but he's better than what's out there. So I said I wouldn't spend a buck on anyone else. I'd probably spend one dollar on Robbie Anderson. Yeah, it's really weird because he was uh, so Josh McCown and him appear to be developing some sort of chemistry because, you know, to start the season, he and he and uh, Anderson weren't connecting even up and through week six. I mean, he caught just four of 12 targets against New England. But over the last two weeks, he's caught nine of 11 targets for one hundred and thirty nine yards and two touchdowns. So something is starting to click between these two. The average depth of target for Robbie. Bobby Anderson is a much higher than everyone else on the team. I want to say it's 13.8 uh, is his average depth of target, while everybody else is under 10. So it's gonna it's gonna be tough for them to match his production. He was a big play guy, whereas like this last week he really wasn't. He was started to get more of the possessions type role like targets. So uh, if those two are clicking, I have no issue with Robbie Anderson. I just would prefer, I guess, a an offense where I kind of I, I see sustained production, and that's like like the only receivers I have ahead of him on the waiver wire this week Corey Davis Marquise Lee uh, Paul Richardson and Tyler Lockett okay although I could I could see a case where Anderson gets put into that group like into that tier right below Davis where it's like those guys are all like they're not every week starters I don't think but at the same time they're like they're teetering on that like wide receiver four territory where it's like you kind of want to play them but you know you can get screwed at any point so we talked about the Seahawks receivers Richardson and Lockett a little bit Uh, I've got four guys ahead of them Robert Woods D.D. Westbrook Demarcus Robinson 
I guess that's three. <laughs> so, Tags, <laughs> where do you have these guys with Woods, Westbrook, and Robinson? Uh, actually, right after Anderson is okay. I have Woods at six. I have John Ross at seven. Yeah, John Ross Even is though, right so, up there for me. And I want to be clear on the whole John Ross thing. So, John Ross is not someone that you're going to be tempted to play. You're not. <laughs> Basically, John Ross or any other Bengal for that matter doesn't become fantasy relevant unless something happens to A.J. Green. You know, we talk about these these handcuff running backs. John Ross is like a handcuff receiver. He's he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he practiced in full. He was ready for this game. And then he he ran just a couple of snaps like he didn't play very much. And they asked after the game, they asked Marvin Lewis after the game, what happened with John Ross? He's like, oh, you know, everything went as planned. It's just he wasn't involved in the game plan. Why the heck did you got draft this guy in the top 10 if you're not going to involve him in your game plan when he's healthy? I don't know what the Bengals are doing. It's Marvin like they- Lewis wants to get fired. Like, he just keeps forgetting about his young kids. Like, <laughs> maybe he has memory issues or something. I don't know. I don't understand it. It's like, okay, Brandon LaFell and, I mean, Tyler Boyd is not even getting reps. Alex Erickson, like, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I get frustrated thinking about it because it just it makes zero sense when you see guys like Juju Smith Schuster, who is not as talented as John Ross, getting opportunities to shine and him shining. It's it's just these old school coaches. The mentalities of them is just it's brutal, man. But again, so that's why John Ross is a little down my list, just because he's basically a handcuff wide receiver. Uh, D.D. Westbrook is in the same territory. He's right below Ross. And then Demarcus Robinson is there. I'm tempted I'm very, 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 very tempted to move Demarcus Robinson up. I just want to see a little bit more out of him. Like, I want to see him get consistent targets because then he would walk into that Robert Woods territory because Alex Smith is thrown like an MVP. Like, there's there's no other way you could put it. He's, he's an MVP He's playing candidate. for his career because they drafted a quarterback to replace him. Yeah, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. So this is going to get real interesting. I I don't see any way that the Chiefs keep him with trading up for Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it's possible that, you know, they 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 re-sign him or anything like that. I think he goes elsewhere. I think that's what he knows. He's he's playing for another contract. Is what he's doing. That's and he's doing he's doing He's going to get himself 20 plus million dollars a year. I even said that this offseason like I said that um Drew Brees and him are slated to be free agents and both of them are going to get massive 20 plus million dollar deals. And some people gave me crap saying that Alex Smith wasn't going to get it, that he's not going to break the bank. It wasn't you. I mean, I I knew there was people on Twitter, though. And that's the thing. And like I was told that because, you know, he's not going to get 20 million. And I was like, well, Mike Glennon just got 15 million. You look at the quarterback landscape around the league. Alex Smith. Before his performances this year, I think he he deserved twenty million a year compared to the quarterbacks around the league and what they were getting. Now knowing what we do about how he's able to throw the the ball down the field, if they if they do scheme for that, maybe if he had a wide receiver who was bigger than you know Tyreek Hill, maybe he could do some more. Um, I'm excited to see Alex Smith. I want to see him go to Jacksonville this offseason. I've been saying it. They can they can sign Alex Smith to three four year deal, draft a quarterback, and they don't need a quarterback. Back, man, this defense is so good. They can just score 21 points a week with their defense. Just run the ball up the middle and punt every <laughs> single time. That's the thing is like this defense is so good. It's going to go to waste, unfortunately, this year. But they're no, really man, they're young in the Super Bowl this year. They have so many pieces in place. But uh, I, I I love the Jacksonville defense, but um, they need a new quarterback. But yeah, Demarcus Robinson, I'm interested. He's someone that I, I've, I want to keep an eye on and uh, it, I'm interested to see more. 
By the way, we're recording the show before Monday night. So like if he goes out there and gets hurt, sorry. If he goes, uh, you know, zero targets for zero yards, like we saw with, <laughs> I don't remember who it was last week that did that. Some guy that was not supposed to do that. Um, sorry, but you know, Demarcus Robinson does have a lot of talent. Yeah. The Broncos have yet to allow a wide receiver, uh, more than 64 yards in a game this season. Um, by the way, Marvin Jones broke the, uh, the Steelers streak where they hadn't given up more than 65. He had like 130 yards. Yeah. Well, everybody did. TJ Jones had 80 some yards. Uh, Golden Tate had 85 <laughs> no yards. T- no touchdowns though. <laughs> no, I went through and looked at it all. Yeah, I know Matt Stafford threw for 423 yards, no touchdowns, but I went through and looked at it and it's pretty easy to see why the Steelers have been really, really good against the pass. Like listen to this, listen to this quarterback carousel that they've played. Deshaun Kaiser, Case Keenum, Mike Glennon, Joe Flacco, Blake Bortles, Alex Smith. That's the one game where we can say, okay, but D'Anthony Thomas did actually finish with 61 yards and a touchdown. Andy Dalton, which is a divisional game. They know him really well. And then Matthew Stafford throws for 423 yards. So this Pittsburgh defense may not be as good as everybody thought. That's, I'm just going to say that. That's a very good way to put it. Um, Tags, there's only really a couple more players to talk about. You mentioned DeAndre Washington. I have him all the way down at number eight. I mean, Marshawn's coming back. Like, what are they going to do? Give him eight carries a game now that he performed pretty well? Right. He's a handcuff is what he is. And he's that's this Raiders team is one of the most disappointing teams in all of football. I I don't think that's an understatement at all. Like they were they were a team that was supposed to be heading towards Super Bowl run. Their defense was supposed to be up and coming, similar to the Jaguars in that way. And they they're just bad. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. So um, DeAndre Washington, how much are you spending on him tags? Honestly, it, that's one where I'd feel I'd feel OK because someone probably picked him up last week because I know I did in a few leagues. I'm going to end up dropping him. Um, OK. It, and that's the thing is like if you want him for a buck, that's fine. I, I wouldn't spend any money to get him. And that's the thing. That's why when we talk about it, it's such an ugly waiver wire week. Mm, I mean, Alex Collins. And if you own Leonard Fournette, I suppose grabbing Chris Ivory might not be a bad idea. Spending a couple bucks to ensure that because, I mean, Fournette returned to practice today. So um, everything looks appears to be on you take track. Ivory over Yeldon. That's the thing. Here's that. That's the question, right? Is d- did Ivory just lose his job to TJ Yeldon? I don't think he did. I think okay. TJ Yeldon was was bad for so long last year. They have a bad taste in their mouth with TJ Yeldon, even though he looked spry, man. Like he just looked like he had lost some weight. He looked he just looked electric, which is kind of what we expected when he came out of college. So their offensive line is much improved too. It'd be I'm guessing it would be somewhat of a timeshare between Ivory and Yeldon if something were to happen to Fournette again. Yeah, I've got Ivory as my number six running back. TJ Yeldon is my number five. Burkhead's my number four. And I'm really tempted to put Corey Clement as my number two ahead of DeAndre Washington because there's more of a chance that he gets, you know, double digit carries every single game. He led this Eagles backfield in uh, in rushing yards. And I understand a lot of that was in garbage time. But every time he's got a chance this year, he's looked pretty good. And I know LeGarrette Blunt is performing pretty well this year, but um, I wouldn't be so surprised if Corey Clement ends up taking over this job by the end of the season. And it's a great offensive line. Well, there's three teams where I legitimately don't want to own a running back from. The Eagles is one of them. The Giants are the other and the Seahawks are the last. Um, Those three teams are legitimate situations where I want no part of like even if you know who's starting for the Eagles you can't guarantee anything like Wendell Smallwood was someone that a lot of experts put inside their top 30 running backs last week thinking that him and LeGarrette Blunt would you know they would um, you know split carries and it seemed like the direction that everything was headed and all of a sudden Wendell Smallwood I think he got one carry uh, it just it makes zero sense like uh, LeGarrette Blunt didn't do anything against the 49ers so it's just uh, I, I I can't 
I can't trust this backfield. It's a, it's the same thing. It's the same way I feel about the Giants and the Seahawks, where I just I would rather I'd rather play an upside play like on the Patriots, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And the thing was about Wendell Smallwood is that the 49ers were by far the worst team against pass catching running backs. And Smallwood's the only one on that team who catches passes out of the backfield. So I thought for sure it was going to be a nice, safe flex start. And they didn't even play him. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And I, we should add that there's one more name that needs to go in this conversation. And honestly, I'm tempted to move Vernon Davis up into my top five ads for this week. And the reason Whoa, I say really? that... Yeah, because they're saying that, so uh, Jay Gruden came out today and talked about it, saying that if he were to guess right now that Jordan Reed is not going to play this week. And if that's the case, then Vernon Davis has played in it so well when Jordan Reed has been out. He's actually been playing well with Jordan Reed on the field. They really need pass catchers in this offense. You know, they're playing against Seattle this week, a team that has somewhat of a weakness to the tight end position. So honestly, Vernon Davis is starting to creep up my board uh, and I may pick him up. I might pick him up over someone like Robert Woods or Rex Burkhead, uh, especially if you're needing a tight end. Yeah. Uh, Tags, the only two I'd even consider owning that are less than 35% owned, uh, Trey McBride for the Bears. Um, You know, it's playing out with Trubisky and him, you know, working in the preseason together. He had a nice game. And Brandon Coleman, who keeps getting a little bit of work here and there. Uh, He's kind of like Tyler Lockett light where he might have a really big week and then just kind of disappear for two weeks. But he's the kind of guy you can play in week nine and maybe he'll have a big week. Uh, Willie Sneed coming back in the lineup. I think Willie Sneed only played like 16 snaps last week. So Brandon Coleman ended up catching like one pass for like 54 yards or something like that. He's just not someone that really interests me with Willie Sneed starting to get healthy. I, I don't know. I mean, and by the way, if you own Kobe Fleener and like you're holding out for hope, don't. Um, <laughs> Kobe Fleener, I think he played like 14 snaps this week. And Josh Hill, the backup tight end, who is now probably the starting tight end, played 30 something snaps. So, yeah, Kobe Fleener is like legitimately has zero relevance in fantasy football. So, Tags, I want to talk about a few guys who are like right around that 50% ownership. Um, you know, we don't usually talk about them, but um, let's just say they are available in your league. Martavis Bryant. Uh, you've got Sterling Shepard, who's still out there coming off the bye. Jeremy Macklin posted a solid game. Jameson Crowder just came off the big game. So if one of these guys is available in your league, uh, Tariq Cohen, by the way, is available in 35% of leagues. Um, how much would you spend on one of these guys? Would they be your top pickups over Corey Davis and Alex Collins, or would they be in the top five even? Martavis is interesting. Uh, I'm paying attention to this scenario. So um, the the Steelers decided to bench him this week and saying that they're not listening to trade offers because they will not allow a player to force their way out of town. And so this is interesting because Mike Tomlin was asked after the game, you know, what do we hear about? What do we know about Martavis Bryant? You know, is everything clear? And he's like, I'm not talking about that anymore. And and basically they said, well, you haven't talked about it since you said that you demoted him. He's like, yep, I'm not going to talk about it. And they're like, well, can you say confidently that he's going to be involved, you know, in the future plans for the Steelers? And he said, no, I can't say no, I'm not saying that at all. And so Everything reeks about this, about Martavis Bryant getting traded to a team. Like, I just don't know why you would carry this guy and have it be a cancer on your football team. Uh, And I understand that some people are saying, why would anybody want this guy on his team? He's he's a cancer. All wide receivers are somewhat divas. Like, that's just how (laughs) wide receivers are. And there's a reason that they're as good as they are, because they have this confidence. Anybody that trades for Martavis Bryant is going to target him a lot because obviously you're not going to trade for a guy similar to the Titans. If you recall last year, people were talking about, uh, oh, they drafted Derrick Henry. They're going to not give DeMarco Murray, you know, 70% of the touches. 
I was one of the people saying that Murray, that you can't go out and trade for a guy like Murray who was complaining about his role and then not target him or yeah. not, not give him the carries. And I feel the same way about Martavis Bryant. So he's someone that I'm holding on to, at least until the trade deadline, just to see, you know, where he's at. If he's stuck in Pittsburgh and they keep him, if they keep him on the bench. Yeah, sure. I, I, I suppose you could drop him, but he's just someone that I would prefer to hold on to right now. How about you? Uh, I'd spend three, four bucks on a couple of them. I mean, Sterling Shepard, if he's out there, I'd probably spend six on him just because you know his role is going to be pretty big. Um, like you said, he's right there around Corey Davis. You just said you'd spend your entire budget on him. So I'm not saying Shepard's going to be huge, but um, he's going to get the volume from week to week. He's like a better version of Marquise Lee. Yeah, for whatever reason, I totally get that you said Sterling Shepard. Yes, if Sterling Shepard is still out there on your waiver wire, uh, he's definitely someone I'd be willing. And again, this is if your league hasn't picked him up by now, that means that nobody is like extremely interested because I would have owned him before this already came to this. Uh, but if he's still out there, I would definitely be willing to spend, you know, 20% if you had to. Uh, just because, again, wide receivers just do not, you know, that, that see eight plus targets per game, they don't pop up on the waiver wire like running backs. Like if something were to happen to Antonio Brown tomorrow, it doesn't mean someone else is going to step into his spot, spot and get 15 targets a game. That's just not how wide receiver works. They're going to get dispersed throughout the team. So finding wide receivers in the waiver wire that get massive volume it means a lot. Uh, whereas running backs, people walk into that volume all the time. Okay, tag some uh, drop candidates here. We already talked about Frank Gore last week. He's still owned in 70% of leagues. Just drop him already, right? <laughs> he had his best game of the season last week. He had like 80-some yards rushing. Um, Marlon Mack still outproduced him because he scored a touchdown. Yeah. This is something like Frank Gore has averaged over 14 uh, touches per game over the last four weeks, but he's uh, he's totaled like 250 yards and no touchdowns. Marlon Mack has averaged just 8.3 touches per game over the last four weeks and has 220 some yards and two touchdowns. Like Marlon Mack is the player they should be going for. But Frank Gore with bye weeks here, I suppose you could just plug him in as an RB3 if you really need to. But some of the, the drops that I have, uh, people that I'm OK with you dropping, Terrell Pryor, obviously. Yeah. Wendell Smallwood, Kenny Galladay. Again, this is a guy that he hasn't been healthy. It's been a multi-week absence. Other people have stepped up in his absence, like TJ Jones. Honestly, Bobby, I was going to ask about a couple guys. Randall Cobb, I think he might I be droppable, right? Yeah, he's droppable. I'd, I'd rather hang on to Kenny Galladay than Randall Cobb. It's it's close for me. I don't know. It's really close. I, I just don't like Randall Cobb right now. Deontay Foreman is someone that's interesting because he was something mm, I was I'd hanging keep him. on. He's my, he's my number one handcuff. I'd rather have him than James Conner. I don't know what happened to him this week. Um, so with the owner's comments from the Texans, with all that stuff going on, Deontay Foreman was one of the people who didn't show up to practice one of the days. And for personal reasons, obviously, right? He played exactly one snap this week. Wow. And that's a problem, right? Because we don't know if this is disciplinary. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't disciplined. We don't know if this is just his role. Like if Alfred Blue is now healthy, is Deontay Foreman now the no number three? No way, man. Back? I don't think so. No way. I'd like to think so as well, but it's... We I don't think it's know. a wake-up call for a kid. I think that's all that it is. Yeah. Well, that's, I hope so. I mean, another more drop candidates, Jamal Charles and Devontae Booker, drop. Ben Watson, drop. Jordan yep. Matthews, drop. Um, Kenny Stills for me, uh, a couple other guys. Yeah. Buck Allen, you already mentioned him. He's definitely a drop. I dropped Danny Amendola because, again, when are you going to start him and feel comfortable with that? Like, worst case scenario, you pick up someone like Danny Amendola off the waiver wire the minute before games start. Um, same with Tyrell Williams. He's not getting it done. Drop him. Jermaine Curse. I'm actually okay with dropping him, too, if there's a better option out there. I mean, if he was on the waiver wires, he'd probably be 
a top six guy, but I just said I'm not willing to spend money on virtually anyone. Mm-hmm. So I think he belongs in that category. Yeah, I'd rather have somebody like we talked about it before. Josh Doxson and Juju, we were on those guys saying that they're the high upside pickups that you want to put on your bench. Juju's starting to pay off. Josh Doxson's starting to play more snaps. That's the guys you want to look for. And yeah, yeah I'm with you. Jermaine Curse isn't that guy. Jordan Matthews, I want to say that there's been one game this year where he's seen more than three targets. I can't trust that. Yeah, there's... There's a lot of drops out there. We're going to have a lot of people ask us about Devontae Parker, um, Mike Gillisley. Oh, I wouldn't drop buy. either of those guys. Devontae Parker. I know we're going to do our buy-sell segment. Uh, Let's do Parker that now. Is. Let's go ahead and start it with Devontae Parker. All right. So judging from my Twitter mentions, judging from the people that were there on my Sunday live morning chat, Devontae Parker is someone that people are considering to drop right now. If there is a Parker owner in your league that you know is kind of a little fed up with him, get him. Yeah, give him like four options and say, I'll give you one of these four guys for Devontae Parker and just let him pick. That way he thinks he's getting a deal. I would even take it a step further. I would actually involve another player on his team so that he doesn't know you want Devontae Parker that I bad. Like usually it. when I usually when you do trades, you don't you want to create some sort of disguise so they don't know which player you really, 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 really want. But Adam Gase, after the in his postgame presser, he said that Parker could have played last Thursday night, but they wanted to hold hold him out an extra ten days just to make sure he was fully healthy. He also said that Jay Cutler is going to return uh this week, someone who has shown the willingness. <laughs> I can't believe regardless. I'm excited about that, but yes. <laughs> yeah, like he's shown the willingness to target Parker in his first in his three full games that he played with Jay Cutler. Devontae Parker saw at least eight targets in every game, making him a wide receiver three at worst. And we know that he has wide receiver one potential. So I go out there, find that panicking owner and trade for Devontae Parker. I love it. I have two guys I'm buying and then uh, you can do another one if you'd like tags. Uh, Jordy Nelson coming off the buy. Uh, all anyone remembers is Brent Hundley's horrible game. That doesn't mean he's going to be horrible all year. It's probably going to be somewhere in between. And we're still talking about a top 10 fantasy wide receiver rest of the season for me. At least in my opinion, I bet you can get a serious bargain for him after what, after the stinker Hundley put up two weeks ago. <laughs> it's true. I'm I'm concerned about that whole offense, but if there's one player that I'm definitely not that concerned with, it's Jordy Nelson. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. Uh, he's the lower dot guy. He's the guy that... You know, he catches a lot of the underneath stuff. Uh, so I'm not I don't think that Jordy's like a must play elite wide receiver one anymore. But I do think that he's still on the he's in that high end wide receiver two conversation. Yeah. Um. I mean, Michael Thomas, I don't know if we need to talk about him. He's I like think we do. People favorite. are trying to sell Michael Thomas right now, and he's still a top six, seven guy for me. If people are trying to sell Michael Thomas right now, I don't think they realize just how ugly the wide receivers uh, like scene is. Because Michael Thomas has totaled at least 77 yards in five of his last six games. He's only scored twice, sure. And I understand that people are expecting more out of a first round draft pick. But I urge you to go look at the wide receiver landscape right now and tell me that there are seven other wide receivers that you would rather own than Michael Thomas. There's not. Or you're lying or you're stupid. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I I just don't understand it. He's uh, he's locked in this week. He should get on the scoreboard. He's a wide receiver one. Go out and trade for him if you can. But one under the radar one talking about how ugly wide receiver is and how how hard it is to find a player who you can consistently put in your lineup. I I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Demarius Thomas. um, Yeah, I love playing the Chiefs tonight. And that I mean, he may have a big game, which could increase his price. Uh, but he's going to be going up. His upcoming schedule is the Eagles, the Patriots, 
then the Bengals, which is a tough matchup, but then right back to the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Colts, and the Redskins. That's beautiful, man. It is. He's not going to win you a fantasy championship because Demarius Thomas just isn't that guy, but he's also not going to lose you one. You know, like we had wide receivers this week in fantasy football put up two, three points. Demarius Thomas really isn't going to do that in these matchups, so he's not yeah. going to lose you your, your league. He's not going to win it. He's just he's good enough to give you that wide receiver two, wide receiver three value and kind of just like plug and play. So I think that he's a good solid buy low. About Michael Thomas, Tags, would you be shocked if he was the best wide receiver for the rest of the season from this point on? Um, It wouldn't shock me, no. Uh, I think Antonio Brown's still there. But I mean, if you told me that you're like, Mike, would you trade? Because I own Julio Jones in a lot of leagues. If someone offered me Michael Thomas for Julio Jones, I'd be very tempted to take it. Me too. It's really close. I've got Jones one spot higher, but it's close just because Jones gets injured so much and they don't use him. Yeah, that's the concern. He had six targets again this past week. I mean, I know, again, it was a rainy game and all that, but it's just it's frustrating to watch it. My other uh, buy candidate, and this is actually my favorite buy of the year so far. I mentioned him on Twitter last week. It's Lamar Miller. Now Everyone's really geeked about this uh, this Texans pass offense. But that means they're going to be towards the red zone a lot more. We talked about the touchdown regression with Watson. There's no way he can maintain this 9% touchdown rate. Some of those are going to go to Miller, who's a good goal line back. He's still getting 15-plus carries every single week. Foreman only got the one touch, like we mentioned. And then Lamar Miller, this is the best part about it. He has the easiest rest of the season schedule for a running back going forward. A great playoff schedule. I love him. I'm doing a ton to acquire him. I'd trade Ezekiel Elliott straight up for him right now. Well, yeah, the Zeke thing we should be learning about very soon. I think that that the hearing was today. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. But Lamar Miller is interesting to me. He's someone that it's hard to sell just because he's a running back that's locked into a workhorse role. And that's hard to find, right? But he's only scored in two games this year. I know he has four touchdowns, but they came in two games. Like he's only scored in two games. I feel like he is a an improved younger version of Frank Gore, where it's like, you know, he's going to no. get you in between. No, no, listen, he's going to get you in between 60 and 90 yards, total yards, nothing more, nothing less. And he's going to score a touchdown every three, three games or so. Now, granted, it does help that this offense is like legitimately just, you know, continually spurning, churning out 40 point games. That definitely helps. Uh, but Lamar Miller, I just, I don't see anything special when watching him anymore. I just feel like he's lost all of that burst. And I think that this should be somewhat of a timeshare between him, Foreman, Blue. I don't know. But again, I think he's a safe, safe running back. I just don't know. It depends on what I guess you'd trade him for, what you can sell him for. Um, but if you can get, I know that there's some people out there that would be willing to move Michael Thomas for Lamar Miller. And if you own Lamar Miller and get Michael Thomas, I would do that. Lamar Miller has over 80 yards five times already this season, Tags. Five and not seven rushing, games. Not rushing. Not total rushing. Yards. Yards. Total yards. It's usually up. That's why I said total yards. It's usually like 60 to 90 yards is basically what he gives you like almost every single week. There, there might be a week in there where he's got over like 100 total yards, but he's not a consistent like 100 yard guy. Um, I think 75 yards is his cap this year with rushing yards and he's averaging like 17 carries well, Dwayne per Brown's game, back so now. That helps. That definitely helps. That's like an underlying thing, but there's also talks that they may try and trade Dwayne Brown. I don't know. There's, there's so much stuff going on with Houston right now, not knowing what they're going to do as a franchise, not knowing what the players want to do. It's just a mess. Um, who's your cell tags? Pierre Garçon. Okay. And I know it's going to be tough. <laughs> After the last two games, I, I had Pierre Garçon as a sell before this week, so it wasn't had to do it this week. Um, he's only seen 11 targets in the last two games with uh, Beathard, so it's going to be tough to sell him on that. But some people might be like, eh, I'm buying low. But know this, 
you're not going to be able to use him for, I'm not kidding, you're not going to be able to use him for the next four weeks. Why? He's going to go up against Patrick Peterson, someone he's who he's already seen in the year, shut him down. Then he's going to go play the Giants and Janoris Jenkins, shut down. Then it's his bye week. You're not playing him. Then he's got a matchup with the Seahawks and Richard Sherman. You're not going to play him. Uh, Pierre Garçon is like a sell, sell, sell. If you can get anything close to wide receiver three. It's a good I mean, find. I would... Yeah, I would tra- I would trade him right now, especially if you need wins in fantasy football. Uh, my guy's LaShawn McCoy, and I know you're going to scoff at that saying like, man, LaShawn oh. McCoy, he's a top five rest of the season player, right? He has more fantasy points in his past two weeks than his first five combined. I don't think he's this guy the rest of the season. So I think you can get a ton for him. I'm talking like Michael Thomas plus Lamar Miller type of like that's that's a great haul for LaShawn McCoy. Oh, if you can get that, yeah. Um, but I, I want to say earlier today, I heard that LaShawn McCoy has the um, easiest remaining schedule of all running backs. Obviously, they got Cordy Glenn back, their starting left tackle, who was like Pro Bowl last year talent. Uh, he's back healthy. So LaShawn McCoy, the bye week seemed to do him some well. I'm not against selling McCoy, though, because you're talking about a guy they're giving tons of touches to, a guy that's been pretty fragile um, in the last couple of years. Like he's just seen, he's seemingly nicked up all the time. But if you can get Michael Thomas and Lamar Miller or something in that realm for LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, I would definitely move him. Yeah. Uh, Tags, before we close out this show, I have a couple guys I want to ask you about for rest of the season rankings that a lot of people are probably going to ask us about on Twitter. Number one is Ezekiel Elliott. And I know by the time you listen to this, we might have news about Elliott. Obviously, if Ezekiel Elliott is not suspended, if it's pushback or whatever, he's a top three rest of the season player. Let's say he's suspended for six games, comes back week 14 and 15. Where would you consider his trade value right now? So if he wait, so if he's suspended, he would miss week 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So he'd come back week 15. He would miss six games. He would be back week 15 and 16, which would essentially leave you without him for the first year or for the first game of the playoffs, which is not ideal. And then he gets um, so Oakland me, and Seattle. I mean, Oakland, yeah, that's that's fine matchup. Seattle hasn't been as good as they used to be. But, I mean, a guy that's been out for six weeks, I mean, he'll be fresh. But do they work him back in? I, I, it's hard to say, man. Like, I have him oh, right they've now. they've got to. If they're in the playoff race and you've got Elliott coming back, you give him 30 carries as soon as he comes off a six-week rest. <laughs> they did this last two weeks. It's like they knew it was coming. In yeah. the last two weeks, he, he's put up like 150 yards and two touchdowns in each game. Um, so he kind of went off. But right as of right now, without knowing the information, I have him as the number 20 running back for the remainder of the season. Okay. Right behind Jarek McKinnon. I mean, it's just... I I'm so, so worried you would, about it. You like, would trade Zeke for Jarek McKinnon. Probably. Okay. I mean, cause like, let's pretend, Oh, let's, let's assume this for a second. Let's assume that he gets suspended to like tomorrow or we hear tomorrow that he's that the suspension holds. He's going to be out until week 15. What are you going to trade him for? Like, who's going to trade you anything at that point? Will anybody give you anything? Yeah. Somebody who's in the first top two in your league standings and knows they're going to make it to that week 15. And then they have the best running back besides Le'Veon Bell coming back and they're going to win the championship. And if I'm in that situation, I'm going to try to make that trade. So I guess it kind of depends on where you are in your league. Like if you're in the middle, if you're in the mid, try to trade Zeke to one of the top two teams and maybe you can get yourself a a Joe Mixon, a CJ Anderson, a Christian McCaffrey, who I'm actually pretty fond of going forward. He's just getting so much work, man. Jonathan Stewart is just done. So I, I would get one of those guys, even Amir Abdullah, I would get if you're in that that range. Now, if you're six and six and two or whatever, keep Zeke. If you're seven and one, keep Zeke, right? Yeah. 
I mean, that's a good point because you're going to make the playoffs. If you get a first round by in your playoffs, like let's say that six teams make the playoffs, it's hard to say without knowing your league settings, but that's a good point. Knowing your team and the settings. And one player I would also look to sell, I want to mention just before we get out of here, is uh, Melvin Gordon. Anytime, and I know he had a good fantasy week, and if you know, if you watched that game, you would know that it came on one play. Um, Anytime that you hear turf toe with a running back, stay away yikes yes good call it's gonna be ugly like he had a he had like a 10 or a 15 yard head start on malcolm butler and got caught from behind um but butler instead of trying to tackle him he tried to knock the ball out i understand why he did it but yeah i mean melvin gordon if you can sell him and get like top five rb value in return i would do that yeah i'm all over it tags final two guys carson wentz rest the season it seems like everyone's ready to crown him a superstar I can't even start him every week. I I just don't trust him that much going forward. And then Chris Hogan, three straight rough weeks. Where do you have these guys? Uh, Chris Hogan, apparently he's got an injury that might cause him to miss some time. So some people are starting to look into like Philip Dorsett and can he contribute? Malcolm Mitchell, is he due back at any time? I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, So Chris Hogan, I do. I mean, as long as I know he's on the field, he's a wide receiver too. I'm plugging on. I'm playing him every single week. Uh, As for Carson Wentz, it's really interesting because I wasn't a I wasn't someone who thought Wentz would take as big as jump as he did in year two. Like I liked Wentz, but not this much. Um, Losing Jason Peters is is really going to hurt because that's a, a left tackle that gives him more time than most quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I think you start you started to see a little bit of that those effects this past weekend where um, he didn't really post those massive numbers that we've been seeing. So uh, it was a little bit of a rainy game. Could that play into it? I think Wentz is a QB one. It's just how many quarterbacks do we feel great starting every single week? So I kind of view him as that low end. I'd say QB six one. or seven of them. I, I have Wentz right around QB number nine right now. I think you can trade him as though he's a top four QB. Yeah, I'm looking at my rest of season ranks, I have him at number seven, my number seven quarterback rest of season. So um, yeah, it's there's not many quarterbacks. I think outside of Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, and Tom Brady, yeah. I think that everybody's kind of like a streaming quarterback. So I wouldn't okay. I wouldn't tie too much value. And if someone's willing to spend up to get Wentz, yeah, let them. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I'd rather uh, you know trade him for, for another quality wide receiver or running back and then just pick up, you know, uh, and Andy Dalton every week. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor, someone like that. So even Jared Goff, yep. I'd stream him some weeks. Josh McCown, he's getting it done. So there's plenty of options out there. Trade your uh, wide receiver for a great value if you can. And uh, Tags, that's all we have for the show. Man, I hope you feel a lot better, buddy. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm going to go lay down my Lisa mattress yep. and I'm going to take a, <laughs> a, 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 siesta, a fiesta, siesta. I, I don't know what it's called, but I'm going to take it doesn't a nap. count if you just sleep through the whole night and wake up at like 10 in the morning, man. That's that's called going to bed. I don't know if my son will allow that to happen. <laughs> okay. um, he, he, he hates it when I'm sleeping and he's not. So I'm sure he'll let he'll let me know. <laughs> so everyone listening at home, we've got two more shows coming up later this week. Remember, we've got the Fathead $100 gift card giveaway. And the promo code from fathead.com, Fantasy Pros for 10% off. All you have to do to enter the giveaway is subscribe and review us on iTunes and then send us a screenshot to contest at fantasypros.com. And I want to say thanks to the sponsor of today's show, lisa.com. That's L E E S A.com slash fantasy pros, and you get $100 off your mattress order. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve. 